Sunday morning. I'm doing good, actually. Thank you for asking. Can't complain too much. I'm sure if you give me a moment, I can find something to complain about, right? But God bless those who have everything going right for them. Just give it a minute. Something's bound to occur to upset that lovely apple cart. <laughs> but I digress. If this is your first time tuning into the show, I want to say welcome. I trust that you will like what you hear and will return to join us again. If you are listening via your computer on the Radio Free Brooklyn webpage, you can access my show page, read all about me, and also find my previous shows. If you are listening via our mobile app, well, you can find me on Spotify or iTunes. Now, this week is a very special week for me. And I say that because it was, actually it was on the 20th. It's actually coming up on the 20th. I started my journey here at Radio Free 
Brooklyn, right? One year ago, this week, I first appeared on Radio Free Brooklyn. Now, when I started, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, how the show was going to go, you know, like what flow was it going to have, or why I thought I could even be on the radio in the first place. But I knew that I had a message that needed to be shared with people, even though I didn't know exactly how it was going to happen. But lo and behold, I've been on the air a year. So this is my one year anniversary this week, like I said, and I look forward to many more. I look forward to many more years of coming to you, talking to you, assisting you, enlightening you in everything that God has placed upon my heart. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, this question I'm going to ask is one that I want you to answer for yourself, right? How many of you have had the notion that there was something that God has for you to do, but you weren't sure how you were going to go about getting it done? Now, let me let me back up and let's start from the beginning. So don't answer that question yet. Let's answer this question first. How many of you have had God tell you something that you were going to do? or place a burning inside of you that you were supposed to be doing something much more than what you were currently doing, right? Now think about that for a moment. Just think about it. See if you could answer that question for yourself. And although you had the desire and you feel that you have heard from God, you also put it out of your mind that he could never use you to accomplish any task that he needed to be done. Right. Well, let me tell you, each of us has a job to do in Christ. It doesn't matter how big or how small. We all have our own individual parts to play in this world. That is what started this journey from the beginning. Right. We started this journey at the beginning of the year to discover our purpose, what role we play play here on earth in this journey that we call life. So today I want to discuss the ways that God lets you know that he is waiting for you to fulfill your purpose. Now we're going to begin with how we can tell God is trying to get our attention in order for us to begin walking in his purpose. Now as I began putting this teaching together you know as I told you once I end on Sunday by Sunday night my mind is already racing again what I'm going to talk about for next week now I immediately thought about myself when I was putting this piece this particular piece together because I know how God got my attention but then I also started thinking about how others in the Bible how God had called them and what their response was to their calling, right? So when I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, God, I know everything that you did. I could remember back. When, when you start walking in it, you could actually remember and trace back to when he first started 
prodding you that, okay, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. This is what you're supposed to be doing for me. You can actually trace it all the way back then. Although I didn't know it at the time, I kind of, you kind of get a feeling like something, something's just not right, but you just, you can't put your finger on what it is exactly. But now I know I can think back and I can clearly understand where he was guiding me, what he was telling me and what I should have been doing. So when I was putting this story together, when I was putting this teaching together, the first person that came to my mind was Gideon, right? And we've all had our Gideon moments in our life, right? I know in the beginning, everything that every time I wanted to respond to what God was telling me to do. I had to reenact Gideon. And when I say that, I, I, I say that to say, for those of you who don't know the story of Gideon, I'm going to get into it. But I had to get my answers the way Gideon had fleeced God to get his answers in order for me to know, yeah, okay, God, that was you talking to me, right? So for those of you who don't know the story of Gideon, it is, it can be found in the book of Judges and it begins, his story begins at chapter six. Now I'm going to go through it because I want to show you how when God was pulling Gideon to get his attention, everything that was happening, and you can sort of mirror it to what may be happening in your life at the moment or m what might have already happened in your life. So now, um, Okay, now I'm going to give you a little backstory before I start with the verses that I want to I want to flow in. Now, Gideon's story takes place in the land after God had rescued the Israelites from Egypt and had moved them from the wilderness into the land that he had promised them. But once again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and were subjected to persecution by the various armies that they were surrounded by. And in usual fashion, they cried out to God for help and he promised them that he would come and help them. So this is where we pick up the story. Okay. We pick up the story in chapter six and I'm going to be reading between the verses of from verses 11 to 24. And as usual, I'll be reading from the new King James version. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down each verse and that's what I need you to pay close attention to, because as I'm reading the verse, I'm also going to break down how it relates to how God can prod you in what you need to do and what your purpose is in life. OK, so I'm going to start out with chapter six, verse 11. Now, God, now, God, excuse me. Now, the angel of the Lord came and sat underneath the terebinth tree which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of, of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt 
But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Okay. Now, number one, God will always come to you when you are in the middle of a stressful time in your life. If you ever wondered, why is all this happening to me? What is going on? I can't believe I just got over. If you start having those questions or those type of conversations with yourself, stop, take a step back and just look around you and try to understand what is going on. See if you might be missing a signal from God alerting you to what he has for you to do. Your calling might be wrapped up in what is happening at the moment. And it could be a need that someone has, and it could be an op or, and or, it could be an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of others. So I want you to, when you see that's happening or when you become really overwhelmed, and I'm talking about overwhelmed in a, in a state of like, it's the same thing that keeps reoccurring, reoccurring, reoccurring. It's like, why do I keep getting, why is it that I always have to confront this? Why is it that I always have to do something about this? Whatever that this is, that's what you need to concentrate on. And that's what you need to understand. Hmm. Could this be what my purpose is? Now I'm going to continue starting with verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Point number two, God will always tell you what he has for you to do and what he has given you in order to be successful. And he gives, he lets you know when you, when you recognize and you start questioning, you know, like what, when you start that, what is going on? That's the opportunity for God to start saying, okay, I, ha I have their attention. So now I can talk to them. So he tells you what it is that he has for you to do. And he tells you what he's given in you already in order to be successful. Now here we see he tells Gideon to save his people from the Midianites and that he is to use his strength of his mind and the spirit and of his spirit that God had blessed him with. Reading verse 15. So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Point number three, <coughs> excuse me. Although you know what you were hearing and feeling is true, right? You know when God is tapping you, you will always respond to God that you are not good enough for the task. We always feel that we're not smart enough, we're not important enough, all of our insecurities begin to rise up in us and that we just cannot do what God has called us to do. We start making a thousand and one excuses as to why it could never be us that God is looking to to do whatever it is that needs to be done. And for the record, it wasn't just Gideon that felt this way. 
there are many in the Bible that felt that way when it came to God wanting them to do what he had called them to do. There were many that felt that they were inadequate. We have Moses when God told him to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. We have Elijah when God told him to go to Jezebel and Ahab and tell them that they were going to die because of all the evil that they were doing. No one ever feels that they were good enough to do what God had called them to do. But God will only tap you and give you the assignment that he knows that he has prepared you for. Verse 17. Then he said to him, if I now have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an eoph of flour. The meat he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and he brought them out to him under the terabith tree and presented them. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And so he did. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Now, when we pray to God for a sign <laughs> and then the sign is given to us, you know it blows our mind, right? We become overwhelmed at that point that, oh my gosh, it really was God. Oh my gosh, I really did see God. I really did hear from God. By then we are like, oh my God, we can't believe it. This is how he convinces us that yes, we all have a part to play here in life. You just have to pay attention to the signs and your surroundings in order to know what it is. So after Gideon had did all that, then God came back to him and said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So as with everything that he would have us to do, we have to remember that we are not doing this out of our own strength. We are doing this through Christ who lives within us. God has equipped each one of us with everything that we need to do to be successful in life. All we have to do is trust and believe that he will be with us. It's that simple. I mean, it sounds simple now that I'm putting it together. But trust me, when I started my journey, it wasn't simple at all. I couldn't, I would not have seen it as being this simple 
back then. Because back then you're not aware, you don't know, you're still learning, you're still feeling your way around, you're still trying to understand exactly what is happening while it's happening. But the beauty of it is when you do finally understand what's happening, then you just flow in it because you know, okay, this is just the ride that I'm on and this is what I just have to do. And that's where the peace comes in. When you get to that part, that's where that peace comes in because you know everything that you do, even though you do it with a little apprehension, because there's still times, don't get me wrong, I don't even think that I'm sitting here on this radio just coasting and just talking la 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 and I'm not nervous and I'm not anxious. And I st- Every Sunday when I have to present something, I'm still nervous, I'm still anxious, I'm still Are they going to receive this? Am I giving it out the right way? You know, am I giving the right examples? Am I explaining it the right way? All those things race through my mind all the time. So it's never something that just becomes, oh, it's just something I just do and I don't even think about it. I still feel that, that, you know, the butterflies and everything, but I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. See, that's, that's the beauty of it. That's where the peace comes in. Because although I might be anxious or a little nervous about giving the message that he gives me to give you, I still know that, okay, I need to be the messenger. See, that's, I'm not, I'm never uneasy about I need to be the messenger. I'm usually just uneasy about the message that I have to give out, which is totally different. But if it's his message, then I don't have to worry about anything. It only becomes a problem when it's my message. When I try to make my own message into the message that he he wants me to give. So I say that as long as you stay following in the steps that he has provided for you, as long as you stay in the direction that you need to stay in with him, as long as you stay in prayer, as long as you stay, oh, you know what? I'm going to give you some, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's go through some ways that we could understand God's will in our life. And this is how you could keep it where you could totally keep it into what we need to do in order to keep it where we understand what he's saying to us. Okay. Number one. We need to know God. We need to know who he is, what he is, what he stands for, what he'll, what he'll tolerate and not tolerate. And that comes to the part of sin. And that's another thing. And that's probably why he led me down this road. You will not be able to discern what God has for you to do in your life if you don't get rid of the sin in your life. Because he's not going to appear to you if you have a lot. God can't deal in sin. We already know that. He's not going to. He's not going to be able to communicate with you if you're still wallowing in whatever sin that you have going on. And I'm not saying that it's it, it doesn't even have to be something really, really bad. But if it's something that he sees as being sin then it's going to be hard for you to try to get answers from him as to what you need to do as concerning your purpose. 
So if you're having difficulties hearing from him or understanding what it is that he may really want you to do, or if you're a little, you know, confused about, well, I don't know if this is really God, try getting rid of the sin in your life, whatever sin that you may know of or may not even know of, but pray to him to help you remove whatever sin is there that's not like, you know, anything that's not like him. And that would open you up to be able to hear him clearer, to be able to discern what he might be showing you and to able to, and also to be able to receive the message that he's giving you, right? So when you're reading your word, you'll be able to pick up the message, what he's saying to you. You'll be able to pick up the conversation that he's trying to have with you because the sin won't be blocking, won't be blocking what he's saying to you. And I, I, that just came to me when I was going to tell you just how to get closer to him in order to understand what your purpose was. And the first thing that he put in my mind was before you could even try to get close to him, you got to get rid of the sin in your life first. Because how can you get close to him if there's sin in your life? Who are we fooling? You know, we're only fooling ourselves at that point. So what I'm going to do is next week, we'll go into the different ways that you can, and then I'll just do it briefly, or I'll probably do it when we come back from our music break. I'll just pick up from this when we go into op-ed. I'll pick it up in, uh, in op-ed what we need to do in order to discern God's will in our life. You are listening to What Would Kay Say on Radio Free Brooklyn.
ending, peace passing understanding, what shall I fear? God, you are my soul's protector, my shield and my defender, from now on till forever, what shall I
Welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say on Radio Free Brooklyn. Before the music break, we were discussing how we can discern God's 
will for our lives. And I want to continue with that because it is a key element to what we were discussing in the beginning of the show. As I stated in the beginning, you must first know God, accept him as your savior and guide to all things true. You cannot be concerned with knowing what his will is in your life more than knowing who he is. Because in order for you to understand what his will is for your life, you have to know him in order to even pick it up. So once you understand who he is, everything else will fall into place. My pastor used to always say, everybody wants the gifts, but nobody wants the giver of the gifts, right? You can't have one without the other. Um, my second point is you must know his word. What is, what are his views concerning love, hate, racism, injustice? When you read his word, your purpose will be revealed in, you know, from within his scriptures. You will understand better how he has positioned you for what it is that you need to do. Another point is prayer. You must have an open communication with God. How else will you know when he's speaking to you? Do you do you ask for guidance from him, you know, to order your steps or do you just go about everything in your own way? Another another point we have to remember is who do you have around you? Are you surrounding yourself with people that will keep you on the right path towards knowing God's will for your life? Or are you just hanging around with people who just live in just vicariously, just whatever they want to do, however they want to do it, just living in the world? And when I say living in the world, I'm not saying, okay, when I say living in the world, I mean indulging in things of the world more than things that are of God, right? Another point, what has life taught you? What are some of the lessons that you've learned from experiences in your life. That could also be a clue to what your purpose might be. Past and present circumstances. As I stated before, you find yourself in the same situations, in the same scenarios and wonder, why must I always do something about this? That this could be pointing you in the direction of God's will for you. Another important part, timing. When should I do what I feel that I've been called to do? Is it now? Is he telling me to wait? Was he just letting me know this is what I need to do? Are the steps ordered correctly for me to follow? Or or I or am I just creating my own steps just because I want to rush ahead. Timing is key. And also, am I passionate about what I feel that I've been called to do? Is it in my heart's desire? Did I ever think of serving in this manner? Now, there's a lot of things you may feel that you want to do, but how you know you really want to do it is because it's something that you do and it's just a natural, it just naturally flows from you. It's not something that you have to work at or force yourself to do. You will just do it without even thinking about it. That's how you also know what is, you know, key to what he has for you to do. So once you've asked yourself all of these questions, 
Remember that everything that you do, he is with you. You have a purpose in this life and you are equipped to fulfill that purpose. Now, this brings me to my other number one purpose for my life and or for all of our lives, for that matter, is getting that vote out on November 3rd right? Getting that word out that we must vote on November 3rd. Now, I did something that I had never done before and I'd never even thought about doing. I actually signed up to be a poll worker. Now, you know, for the longest, I've been talking every Sunday about voting and how important voting is, right? So I said, rather than just talk to talk, let me walk the walk. So I actually signed up. I haven't got my assignments yet, but I'm sure it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm sure that you've all heard all of the nonsense going on in California with the Republican Party placing their own ballot boxes anywhere and everywhere they choose in order to collect ballots for voting. Now, that's illegal, but they're doing it anyway. And see, It's the actions like this that would deem the election fraudulent. And it's it's almost too comical to laugh at that when they first started talking about early voting, the first thing he was screaming was, oh, voter fraud, voter fraud. But look, uh, look what they're doing. They have boxes placed everywhere so that people could just drop ballots in and cast their votes. Now, if that's not fraudulent, I don't know what is, right? But I didn't want to harp on that because there's enough negativity in that alone that could keep you with Aja. What I wanted to do was, I need each and every one of you to let your light shine so that everything will go as it should for this election. And when I say that, I mean, we can't control everything that's going to go on right? We just can't. It's, it's beyond our control. But you can control the darkness that's in places if you go there and be the light. So that's why I've st- signed up to be a poll worker. I figure if my presence is in that, whatever, wherever the area that they're working, darkness can't exist in light. So wherever I am, there's not going to be any darkness. And all of you should think that same way. No matter where you show up, you're the light and the darkness cannot exist where you are. This is how you defeat the enemy. So when I say how everybody has a part to play, sometimes you have, yes, a a definitive, this is the will of God for my life. This is what I have to do. But then sometimes it's just, you just need to be in a place. You just need to be there and you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised of the changes of your presence that your presence makes just by showing up. So now, if you recall last week, I mentioned how Radio Free Brooklyn built a wall of lies, right? And it got vandalized. Well, due to the overwhelming positive responses that the radio station has received, we've decided to rebuild the wall. It's going to be 100 feet long this time, and it's going to be built in Soho. They haven't disclosed the location yet because they want to complete the wall, but the 
location will be announced on the 22nd of October. And there's also going to be a live performance. But the actual unveiling of the wall is going to be on October 24th between 12 and 5. So you have to listen to the radio station on the 22nd so that you can hear where the location is going to be. And we'd like you to come out and join us to get that message out about voting because it is essential. Now, next to the wall, they also said they're going to have a Black Lives Matter art display there as well. So it should be pretty exciting. You know, a time to come out, meet people, and it's going to be outdoors. So there's going to be always social distancing because we are a strict We strictly adhere to the policies of social distancing, wearing a mask, all that. But I want you guys to save the date on the 24th, which is two dates you have to remember. Radio Free Brooklyn's wall is going to be unveiled again in Soho. And the 24th is also the first day for early voting in New York City. It starts on October 24th. So let's get the word out about both both of those... uh, activities that's going to be going on and if you need to find out more about your early voting or anything voting you can get all that information on vote.org it gives you everything once you go to the website you can find out where your polling area is what time they open what time they close everything about mail-in ballots all that stuff vote.org so with that i want to remind everybody that our word of the month was commit And I want us to commit to getting the word out about voting because it's very important. Our word is commit. And our promise for today is, let's see. Okay, Deuteronomy 24. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. How interesting. Deuteronomy 24. And with that, I say, wear your mask, people. Coronavirus is still out there. Very, very serious. Take a flu shot if you need to, if you can, because the more that you can arm yourself about picking up other um you know, colds and flus and things like that, other illnesses, the more protection you have against getting this coronavirus as well because then your body won't be as broke down because it's trying to fight everything at once. So I say wear your mask, social distance, wash your hands. Oh, and I also had another bit of information to... uh I'll save that for next week. I love saving surprises for you guys. I'll let that one go for next week. But for this week, I say wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance, be kind to one another, help someone who is in need that needs help, be a friend, find somebody who you could help take to the poll to vote. Um, it's a, There's just a lot going on. And sometimes just sit back and just, you know, take a deep breath and just not try to get so caught up in all this chaos and madness that you're hearing on the news, you know. But with that, I say God bless. Have a wonderful Sunday. Guys, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot 
to mention it was the wall of lies. And I just realized that when I was sitting here, I'm like, wait a minute, I was talking about a wall and I said how I mentioned it last week. But for those of you who didn't hear about it last week, Radio Free Brooklyn built a wall of lies, 20,000 lies that our POTUS has said his entire time in office. That is what the wall is. So it's going to be a hundred foot wall of all the lies that have been said by our POTUS for the last four years. So yes, go and see that wall. It's going to be amazing. And until God brings us together again next week, peace. Can you imagine every nation bowing low before the king? Can you imagine heaven's kings cover the earth like waters cover seas? Can you imagine the world set free in the free world singing? Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, all the honor to the King of Kings. Worthy, worthy is the Lord Almighty, by the blood of Christ I've been set free.
fire.